Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. isn't the fans and friends and listeners and fam 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 Uh, that sounded weird welcome to nick's nerd news today is october 11th that is right it is october 11th it is my nephew's birthday my oldest nephew's birthday shout out happy birthday to him uh what else is going on a lot in the world actually and not even going to comment on that. Just not even going to comment on that. That is not what we talk about here. But we got some other fun stuff going on. It is, of course, me, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. It is episode 282. 282, folks. We've come a long way. We have come a long way. Uh, 282, that's wild. Anyway... Let's not let's not kid ourselves. We're here for one thing and one thing only, and that's nerd news, right? Right? But you know, I gotta I gotta do some things that that I know you guys are probably bored with, week in week out, and and that's stuff like saying you should go to nixternews.com, where you can listen to this show in your browser. You guys are probably listening on a streaming service like Spotify. Or Google Podcasts, or even Apple Podcasts, maybe even Amazon Music, or iHeart Radio. Couldn't say that properly. But you know what's funny is you can actually find links to all those show pages on our website, nixternews.com. Also, while you're there, if you poke around a bit, you might find our social media tab. And guess what? We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Threads, I'm on TikTok. And if you click around a bit, you can find us in all those places. Instagram, too. Forgot that one, the biggest one. I don't know how I forgot that one, but I did. But we're there in all those places. Why don't you give us a follow? Or why don't you give me a follow, the Nick DeFalco, on TikTok, and follow Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice because we're on all of those. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, why don't we chat about some of the top stories this week. Well, the absolutely hideous PlayStation 5 Slim was announced, confirmed for release this holiday season. We'll talk about that more in a bit. As well as 
the Marvel Studios overhaul of its TV division, uh, starting with Daredevil Born Again, which apparently is getting just started from scratch despite filming half of its first season, almost. So, a lot of changes going on at, at, uh, at Marvel Studios and within the MCU, and I think a lot of that comes with how the writer strike was handled as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that, and guess what? We've got a new decade of movies to start talking about. Today, we will have our first top 10 list of movies from the 90s. Some different genres that we're not used to, just because of the pure amount of movies I've seen from the 90s. And I didn't want to make like lists of 20. I'm, I'm changing things up. Today, we got action comedy. That is what we're going to talk about today. So stick around. That's going to be at the end of the show. Uh, we got a lot of big gaming news, TV news. Stick around, and uh, we'll get to that right away, shall we? All right, so... That's uh, that's a bit of that pre-show that we do week in week out. I know I gotta do it. I'm, I apologize, but I gotta do it. You know, I gotta I gotta grow my brand. I'm I'm an influencer. I'm a content creator. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for five years, so it's uh, it's annoying for me too. Trust me. But let's talk about gaming news because there's a lot and there's a lot of big stuff to talk about. So it's gonna be a cyberpunk heavy. Uh, episode. There's a lot of news coming out of CD Projekt Red around Cyberpunk, given that Phantom Liberty just released. Uh, a lot of other things going on with CD Projekt Red in general as well. So, uh, I do want to start that off with CD Projekt Red has said that while they did focus on first person for the first Cyberpunk game, they've not ruled out third person uh, for a potential sequel. Now, don't expect third person to be added to Cyberpunk anytime soon, but they are looking at the possibility of adding it in whatever the sequel ends up being called. Sony has announced that there was a data breach within the company, and it affected around 7,000, yes, 7,000 current and former employees. So, this was last week, a ransomware group claimed that they had accessed 7,000 accounts uh, reported by Bleeping Computer. Sony informed employees and former employees of its Sony Interactive Entertainment division, uh, so that is the gaming division, uh, that their data was exposed. Um, around 6,800 individuals were impacted by it. It was due to a vulnerability in the Move It Transfer, a file-managed transfer software employees that and some other companies use, but it mostly affected those at SIE. Uh, so just be aware, if you are not, that that happened. Um, CD Projekt Red CEO Adam Kisinski, I think that's how you say his name, has announced that he will be stepping down as CEO and entering a supervisory role starting in 2025. Um, and it's this is part of a big shakeup that's been going on at CD Projekt Red. He's been there for almost 30 years. And uh, will resign as a member of the management board at the end of next year. Uh, and then he will transition from CEO to chief strategy officer. Um, oh, at the end of this year. And sorry, will 
um, become chief strategy officer as of January 1st, 2024. Uh, Adam Badowski and chief, uh, so that's chief creative officer Adam Badowski and chief commercial officer Michael Nowakowski will take over as joint CEOs starting January 1st, 2024. Um, so that is a big deal. CD Projekt Red was founded in 1994, uh, and Kaczynski was involved in that f- forming back then. Um, was marketing director from 99 to 2004, co-director in 04, director in 2006, and then eventually became CEO. Um, we've also learned that Cyberpunk 2077 has surpassed 25 million sales, which puts it past The Witcher 3. Um, which is, is big considering the, the issues that happened with Cyberpunk 2077 at its launch. Uh, we also learned that they spent nearly $125 million, and that's usually what most studios spend on one game. CD Projekt Red spent that to overhaul Cyberpunk 2077 post-launch. So that's how we got the Edge Runners up, uh, update. The 2.0 update that launched with Phantom Liberty, Phantom Liberty itself. Uh, This is why, essentially, they've decided to forego the second expansion. uh, Because they pretty much overhauled the entire game. But but it cost $62 million, uh, $62.7 million alone to do Phantom Liberty. And then $21.6 million to... um, to market it, so that's a big chunk of that, and then of course it costs another forty million dollars to uh, upgrade the game to what it is now in two So a lot of money was spent. Um, a lot of money was spent to get it up to what it is. So Cyberpunk itself cost three hundred sixteen million dollars to make. So just put that into perspective. They they uh, almost spent half of what they did on their original budget just to get it up to next-gen level, uh, what they did. So we've also learned, and this is kind of our last bit of cyberpunk news, that a cyberpunk live-action project is coming from CD Projekt Red. So I don't know if it's a TV show or a movie, uh, but it's it's a collaboration between CD Projekt and Anonymous Content. Uh, which made True Detective, and and, um, and they're also working with Mr. Robot. So they're working with Anonymous Content Studios head of television, Garrett Kemble, director of development, Ryan Schwartz, and chief creative officer, David Levine, and uh, who was the head of HBO's drama for over a decade. So we'll see what happens ultimately with this sounds like it's probably going to be a tv show or maybe a movie uh of course they had that animated show uh cyberpunk edge runners which was on netflix that is it uh no sorry we do have one more big studio about cyberpunk and that is major layoffs have hit cd project red Amid all of this, the game is selling well and still got layoffs. So, major, major layoffs. So, 
and a, a new new union has formed out of it in Poland. So Polish Game Dev Workers Union has been founded by current project CD Projekt staff, gameplay and QA analyst Paul Pawel, I'm guessing, Mieszka, and gameplay programmer Lev Key uh, are working. So they started talking about the unionization after layoffs that saw 9% of CD Projekt Red staff let go earlier in the year, which was about 100 people. So that's mass layoffs. That's 9%. That is a lot. Um, we'll see what happens, though, as uh, this progresses. But... Oh, and they're going to lay off another 30 people. Okay, so they're, they're laying off more people. But big changes might be coming to CD Projekt Red in the near future. Uh, that's it for all the CD Projekt news. Like I said, it was going to be kind of heavily focused there at the beginning. If you are a PS Plus subscriber and a PS Plus Premium subscriber or a PS Plus Deluxe subscriber, you're getting a new feature. So... Uh, starting last week, you will now have access to a curated catalog of ad-free movies you can watch either on your PS4 or PS5. Um, it's part of a rebranding of its Bravia Core service. will now be called Sony Pictures Core. Um, I didn't know Sony even had that. Oh, only on Bravia TVs. I get it. So now PS4 and PS5 owners can buy or rent up to 2,000 movies. And then you can watch them directly from your console. This will include the Spider-Man films, Uncharted, The Equalizer, No Hard Feelings, Bullet Train, Ghostbusters, others. So you'll be able to buy select Sony Pictures films doing, during exclusive early access window. Um, different things like that. And you will be able to access a catalog of up to 100 movies uh, for free. And those are streamed ad-free, and a catalog of movies will be updated periodically. Uh, those hundred films, I'm not going to read all of them, because there is a hundred. Uh, it includes The Sixth Day, Anacondas, let me see, Berserk, Black Dynamite, The Blob, Brothers Grimsby, that's a funny Sasha Baron Cohen movie, The Deep, Dragon, Dragon Wars, really? Let me see. Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Fifth Element. That's good. Ghost Rider Spirit of, Spirit of Vengeance. You got Godzilla 98. Godzilla 2000. Godzilla Final Wars. Some good Godzilla movies there. Um, Johnny Mnemonic. Wow. A lot of their own. Obviously these are all movies made by Sony. So that, that really makes sense. Uh, Resident Evil Damnation. Resident Evil Vendetta. Screamers, Sniper, Starman, Starship Troopers Invasion, and Starship Troopers 3. Taking of Pelham 123, I wonder if that's the new or the old one. But there will be uh, different things to show if you are, if you can rent, buy them, or watch for free. So that's coming if you are a PS Plus Premium or Deluxe subscriber. Moving on here, uh, Lego has announced an official collaboration with Nintendo on Animal Crossing, so you'll be able to get uh, Tom Nook minifigures coming soon. iRacing has announced that they have uh, essentially gotten the rights to NASCAR gaming and have announced that a new game will be released in 2025. And sad news to report, it looks like Telltale Games has a pretty much um, shut down 
again. So, according to um, according to a post on Twitter, uh, a Telltale former Telltale cinematic artist Jonah Huang that uh, announced that layoffs had taken place in early September, amounting to almost the entire staff. Um, he tweeted, quote, This is a sore subject, but I feel it necessary to add to the gaming layoff news. Telltale laid off, laid most of us off early September. Status of The Wolf Among Us 2, I can't say, NDA. Now I focus on what matters to me, my own game, and the following words. Games industry, we must unionize. Um, and, unquote. And he went on to have a thread of five tweets. But uh, Telltale has confirmed to IGN they did lay off a number of staff. Didn't give the exact number. But it's interesting to see... You know, Telltale just bought a new studio, too. So that's really weird. Um... I'm a little confused, but a lot of studios have been laying people off in the last few months, a year, really. Uh, the tech industry as a whole has been mass laying off, but unemployment remains low. Microsoft expects to close the Activision Blizzard deal this week or ne early next week, if reports are to be believed, um, via, Microsoft, via The Verge. Uh, it looks like the deal should be signed on Friday the 13th. Yes, it is Friday the 13th. Um, just waiting on final UK approval, which is expected on Friday. So we'll see, ultimately, if this happens. Uh, Bobby Kotick ended up having an all-teams meeting either today or yesterday. We'll talk about that in a bit. So the FTC is still trying to block it in some ways, but I don't think anything is, is really going to stop it at this point. I did see some some things were changed uh, in the UK to or uh, in Europe to kind of alter the deal a bit, similar to what they did in um, in the UK. But I don't know all the details about that. Um, let me see if there is if I have any of that because I I haven't. I only saw a small article about it. I don't know how true it was to see if it affected... Um, I want to see if it affected... It, if it was bigger earlier, but I'm not sure. Anyway, we're, we're good, kind of good there. Um, not, uh, not huge news, really. Just I think it was just altering it to match the UK's with, with, in regards to streaming and clouds. Cloud streaming. Uh, Tim Sweeney, head of Epic, has opened up about uh, their layoffs and, and everything that affected the company recently. And uh, he admitted that the company was grappling with issues financially um, within the last few months. On Twitter, um, I guess there was some conferences, but it had to do with, let me see, where was it? At uh, Unreal Fest earlier this week, a uh, via Polygon, Immature Gamer X on Twitter, I guess, recorded one of the sessions that, that happened, talking about Unreal Engine. Um, this was not one that was released to the public, so that's why he, he essentially, you know, recorded it. 
Uh, but according to Sweeney, it, he said, quote, this wasn't a right sizing. I think we were in the right size and I loved our original plans. This was a survival move that was necessary. And what we did accomplish, the one thing is we stabilized our finances so we won't run out of money as we build the metaverse, unquote. So it looks like they were spending way, way, way too much money. Um, which, that is probably not a good thing if you're spending too much money than what you're bringing in. Because that, that's a quick way to be out of, out of business. And if you're wondering, wait a minute, Unreal Engine is like everywhere and Fortnite is everywhere. That just tells you how much money they were spending. Because they were bringing in a lot of it. And now it's kind of wearing on them. Obviously, they're, they're developing Unreal 5. They're doing a lot of work. So it makes sense that they're spending money. It's just at the same time, you got to be wary of how you're spending it. Modern Warfare 3 will host an open beta this week. Uh, from tomorrow through Friday. Weird days to do a beta. Uh, so if you want to sign up for that, you can via Modern, Warfare, Modern Warfare's website. Jennifer Hale, a famous voice actress. Uh, you might know her as playing Hera on Star Wars Rebels and is in uh, as Fem Shep, as, uh, they've, as Fem Shep has come to be known, female shepherd from Mass Effect, has opened up about working on the original Metal Gear Solid game and said she was only paid $1,200 for the role of Naomi Hunter in 1998. All right, let me see. I know this that sounds like not a lot, but let's look at an inflation calculator and see what that money is compared to today. So, if you were paid 12 I, I understand the game was made made a lot of money, right? But $1200 in 1998 would be 2260. Okay, still not a lot of money. <laughs> But again, depends on how much work. So she did uh, confirm it on the My Perfect Console podcast. So she does want, oh, she wants voice actors to earn residuals. I think they're, maybe that's what they might go to strike over. Um, Metal Gear Solid made over $270 million. Um, but potentially maybe 176 I don't know. But... It sold more than 7 million copies. It is still going strong as a franchise. I, I'm still... This has been ongoing with her and what she was paid and things like that. But again, depending on how much work... Because I don't know if... I think voice actors get paid hourly, to be honest. Not great. I get it. 100%. Residuals on, on a game? I don't know. I don't know. Because we already know returns on games aren't always as high as... It, might seem um so it it'll be interesting how that plays out we also got news in terms of datalic entertainment the studio that was behind the recent golem game and a new report has come out essentially outlining the toxic toxic workplace um unpaid overtime trying to pay staff below minimum wage, abusive leadership, which is wild. Uh, we all know that it is one of the worst games ever made. But 
<laughs> low sales. Daedalic Entertainment shut down internal development. It was also working on another Lord of the Rings game that it canceled. Um, 25 people were laid off. But in a 40-minute video from German publication Game 2, um, allegations were made uh, after someone spoke with 32 people who worked on the game. It says, quote, there was a, an atmosphere of fear, um, unquote, which is wild to say. Um, denial statements were issued and in the video, but Game 2 says production budget for Gollum was around 15 million euros, and which is not very high. Uh, that's a very low amount for what they called a triple-A game. Uh, report details, cuts made to the game, makeshift systems added ahead of launch, uh, and also alleges that Nacon used AI tool ChatGPT to write the apology statement that was issued by the publisher to the public to apologize for the game. <laughs> um, that's wild. And things were even spelled wrong in the statement that they issued but that's that's pretty friggin wild that's not good for a studio to get called out like that we all know that ai is kind of not great right anyway minecraft players are in open revolt if you will so since 2016 i guess mo yang hosts a vote where you can vote to pick the next uh, creature that's added to Minecraft. So apparently all gamers have unionized uh, in their dissatisfaction with the vote. But uh, so the options for 2023 were a crab that has claws and can boost a player's reach when placing blocks, an armadillo that drops scut scoots, which you can make into wolf armor, or a penguin that boosts speed of nearby boats. Um, now people are mad because maybe they should add all three. On TikTok, and uh, they're spreading what seem to be propaganda-like images uh, for uh, encouraging players to unionize, <laughs> uh, calling each other comrades, and, uh, and also praising modders for bringing scrapped or canceled mobs into the game. So I want to look at some of these propaganda posters. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. These look like they're straight out of like 1940. <laughs> um, there's a change.org position that has over 220,000 signatures. Wow. There you go. If you want more than one mob, go, go sign. Following the multitude of backlash against Unity and its uh, purported changes that it have rolled back, the CEO of Unity, John Ricciatello, has announced he will be stepping down. Uh, this was all over install fees. Uh, he's announced he's retiring as president, CEO, and chairman, and member of the board of directors effective immediately. Um, James M. Whitehurst will uh, be appointed interim CEO, president, and member of the board, 
and lead independent director of the Unity Board, Rolof Botha, has been appointed chairman. Um, they will look for a new permanent CEO. So, wow, this is all over the runtime fee backlash. Richatello, um, I guess, uh, he's said a lot of interesting things, um, including saying <laughs> he called anyone who doesn't embrace microtransactions, quote, biggest fucking idiots, unquote. No, dude, you're a big fucking idiot for believing in my pushing microtransactions. John Richatello was the former CEO of EA. And that makes sense because EA games are full of microtransactions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's out. He is essentially out as CEO. Let's see if it helps Unity following the backlash. Uh, Activision has opened up about what it plans to do with Game Pass once the Microsoft acquisition goes through. And while nothing has been made about Diablo 4 or Modern Warfare 3, other games may come to Game Pass. Uh, via a statement, it says, quote, As we continue to work toward regulatory approval of the Microsoft deal, we've been getting some questions whether our upcoming and recently launched games will be available via Game Pass. While we do not have plans to put Modern Warfare 3 or Diablo 4 into Game Pass this year, once the deal closes, we expect to start working with Xbox to bring our titles to more players around the world and we anticipate that we would begin adding games into Game Pass sometime in the course of next year, unquote. So, it looks like, um, it looks like they're going to start adding games as, probably as early as January. Not going to lie. You can fully expect to start seeing Activision games on Game Pass in January. I, I guarantee it. I don't think they're going to wait too long. So we'll see what happens with that. Ubisoft has announced that its Call of Duty competitor X Defiant has been put on indefinite hold. Call of Duty continues to be a massive juggernaut. I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. Alright, here's one of our biggest gaming newses. Gaming newses? Gaming news. The biggest gaming news, I should say. The PlayStation 5 Slim has been announced and is confirmed for this holiday season. It uh, will be out this November. It will come with a one terabyte storage for the regular PS5 and the digital edition compared to the 825 gigs that launched on the original PlayStation 5. Remember, that was all for the interface. Now, um, it is a modular build. And when I say that, it means technically the digital edition and the regular will be the same. And you can remove or add the... Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive. So, Sid Schumann, Senior Director of SIE Content Communications, uh, it was at, created to, quote, address the evolving needs of players, unquote. I uh, followed up with saying, quote, our engineering team, engineering design teams, collaborated on a new form factor that provides greater choice and flexibility. The same technology features that make PS5 the best place to play are packed into a smaller form factor along with an attachable Ultra HD Blu-ray disk drive and a 1TB SSD for more internal storage. Unquote. It's fucking hideous. It looks even worse than it did before, just a little bit smaller, and the disk drive sticks out even more. Um, 
it says it's been reduced in volume by more than 30%, weight by 18%, and 24% compared to previous models. Uh, there are four separate cover panels, so there's instead of two big kit panels, it's four. Um, the top portion will have a glossy look, bottom remains in matte. If you buy the digital edition, you can add the Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive later for $79.99. It will be available starting in the U.S. this November at certain retailers or direct.playstation.com. And uh, it will follow in globally in the months ahead. So once inventory of current PS5 model has sold out, uh, then this will become the only model available. So U.S. PS5 with Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive is $499.99. Digital is $449.99. Uh, and if you're wondering, wait a minute, isn't that more money? It is. The new digital edition will cost an additional $50 for not even, for how much uh, gigabytes? Yeah, not a whole lot. So <laughs> people are not happy about the price increase. I can tell you that. So uh, it also comes with a horizontal stand. That costs extra, um, <laughs> oh, wow, 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 um, that it can be purchased for $30, so this PS5 Slim is, like I said, it, it is the ugliest thing I've ever fucking seen, it will still support expandable storage, so, so we, we do have that, um, I, st it, <sighs> So what they did, so if you look at like a normal PS5, so this one's a little shorter. If you look at a normal PS5, the way the disc version works, like the, the panel kind of slants down so it sticks out. Well, now it is way more of an angle on the disc drive sticking out. It, like I said, it, it has got to be the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um, its collar doesn't pop as much. <laughs> the panels don't stick up above the top as much. It honestly looks like a smaller, and they, they, they thinned it out. I don't know how they did it, but it, it's so ugly. It is so ugly, but the internet remains undefeated in their reactions to it. Um, <laughs> uh, someone tweeted, uh, this was E.C. Jackson on, uh, on Twitter, saying put up a gif he said quote sony designers putting in that work on concepts for the ps5 slim and it's a scene from not another teen movie when janie gets her you know makeover and it's just undoing her ponytail and taking glasses off uh peppered ham on twitter said quote the disc drive edition of the ps5 slim looks like it's got binding of isaac power-ups this thing is wretched lmao play cod news tweeted New PS5 Slim looks the same. Uh, SM Bros TM tweeted, they just gave the newest PS5 Slim some eyebrow slits, made it like a one inch smaller and called it a day. Two sad faces. Um, AP Zone Runner tweeted, uh, <laughs> uh, it's the meme of uh, Alex Jones of a before and 45 days later. Oliver Gia tweeted, PS5 owners picking, picking up the PS Slim, PS5 Slim be like 
and it's like a meme of a, a dad opening a Christmas gift and he's wearing the same shirt uh, as the gift he got. Um, <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. It also has like this ridiculous little tiny stand that sticks out like a little clear plastic stand. People are ripping that the internet remains undefeated. And that's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> oh, geez. Intel has uh, finally released its Arc A580 GPUs a year after announcing them, so those are now available. Uh, and there's a new rumor floating around the web that a lot of people are trying to get Disney to buy EA. While ultimately I would prefer this over Disney selling to Apple, which I would absolutely hate, it looks like people are urging Bob Iger to turn the company into a quote-unquote gaming giant. I don't know what that means. Uh, Disney's stock has been falling rapidly over the last few weeks. And um, it, it, it just hit after hit. No, bomb after bomb after bomb continue to hurt the studio uh, on its 100th anniversary. So in a new Bloomberg report that... Uh, wow. <laughs> Iger's not exactly happy either, I guess. So among ideas um, floated among Disney executives is, quote, bolder transformation from gaming licensee to gaming giant, unquote, uh, talking about purchasing electronic arts. So that uh, also under e studios under the EA Entertainment label, like Respawn, Bioware, things like that, um, EA is... Uh, EA is setting itself up for an acquisition after splitting up EA Sports and EA Entertainment. So we'll see, though. Um, Iger said he's quote-unquote non-committal to the idea. I really just don't know. I really don't want Disney buying that up either, to be honest. Um, we'll see, though. We will see. So in another group of fans that have been angered by a developer, Epic has rightfully pissed off the... Rocket League community over item trading. So, <laughs> Epic Games and developer Psionics, based in San Diego, have announced, uh, starting later this year, that player-to-player -player trading will be removed on December 5th. Um, it has to do with uh, uh, bringing Rocket League in line, apparently, with other policies. Uh, it says, quote, we're making this change to align with Epic's overall approach to game cosmetics and item shop policies where items aren't tradable, transferable, or sellable, uh, unquote, via the Psionics team. It also says, quote, this opens up future plans for some Rocket League vehicles to come to other Epic games over time, supporting cross-game ownership, unquote. Yeah, I can understand why people are pissed. I mean, realistically, if it's not fucking things up, if it's a fine economy... It, I, I have no issue, but then you can also get into issues that happen with like Diablo 3 or Counter-Strike where some weapon skins are worth thousands of real-life dollars. Um, I don't haven't heard anything like that about Rocket League personally, but when you have a large community like this and it's been going on for quite a while, um, I'm not going to go into the other deeper stuff, but I can understand where the fandom would be pissed, and rightfully so. 
Um, I agree with Epic, and I also agree with the fans in some way. Like, yes, you want to have unity across your titles and your studios, but at the same time, you brought in Psionics after they had already been working on Rocket League for some time. So you should really allow them and their community to exist somewhat separately and, and do it maybe on new items and allow old items to still be traded. I, I don't know. I don't know how it would work. But but realistically, whatever they're doing, I, I don't think it's the right move. I don't think it's the right move. And it, pissing off your community and your fans is the wrong way to go. Because they can literally just say, fuck it and leave. They really could. They won't. They won't. But they could. We'll see what happens ultimately. Valve has dropped support for Counter-Strike 2 on Mac. Because no one is playing on Mac. Why is this a story? Like... I feel like the only people that play games on Mac are StarCraft StarCraft players. Um, Sony has announced that PS5 Cloud Streaming will be coming to PS Plus Premium subscribers on October 30th. Uh, So you'll be able to do that. Uh, Xbox might be getting into the board game industry. And uh, as a way to revisit what they call dormant franchises. So Zoo Tycoon, the board game, may be the first. Via Xbox Wire, game, Xbox Game Studios executive producer Robert Gerald said board game adaptation is, quote, a prime illustration. Uh, it's, it's crucial to recognize that even if certain franchises aren't currently undergoing active development, they can still be actively appreciated by their fans. Zoo Tycoon serves as a prime illustration of this. It presents a valuable chance for Microsoft to extend gratitude to the dedicated and ardent Zoo Tycoon fans who have worked tirelessly to sustain the game's enchantment. We acknowledge your dedication and deeply appreciate you, unquote. Now, are other games coming as board games? We don't know. But as of right now, Zoo Tycoon the board game is a real thing. (laughs) Ooh, and it's got the original logo. Um... I am excited. It's got all like the art from the original game. This excites me. Ooh, I might have to buy this game. Um, I wonder when it will be out. It's on Kickstarter. That's uh, that's interesting. It is officially licensed. Who knows though? Maybe uh, maybe we'll be reviewing it here. Uh, Diablo 4 is getting an Overwatch 2 crossover, but behind a $40 paywall. Oh, wow. The Lilith, Lilith skin for Moira and the Inarius skin for Farah are part of a $40 Ultimate Battle Pass bundle for Season 7. Those are the main characters from Diablo 4. And, um... <laughs> Wow. So the other thing included in the Ultimate Battle Pass bundle are 20 Battle Pass tier skips, uh, Premium Battle Pass, 2,000 Overwatch coins, the Inarius, Lilith, and a Pumpkin skin, Highlight Intro, intro Be Beautiful, and Sprays, Inarius's side and Lilith's, Lilith's side. That's, uh, people are pissed. Like, really? Those skins should be available outside of the, that bundle. Um, 
Ubisoft has announced that Assassin's Creed Mirage player count is in line with both Origins and Odyssey's launch. That, um, I, uh, interesting they didn't talk about Valhalla. So on Twitter, Assassin's Creed said, quote, Thank you all for joining us on Basim's journey in 9th century Baghdad. We are thrilled by the response from the community and for embracing our homage to the roots of the AC franchise, unquote. Um, they also said, quote, with the number of players being in line with past successful launches such as Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, we are humbled by the positive reception. Unquote. Um, it is the biggest new generation launch game in terms of unit sales in Ubisoft's history. But, let me see. It takes about 20 to 23 hours to complete, which Valhalla and Odyssey... I've talked ad nauseum about the amount of hours I've put into Odyssey. So, Assassin's Creed Mirage. 1.2 million street cats were pet in its first week. Uh, they found a cat with Assassin's Creed logo on its face. They've spent 479 collective years parkouring the rooftops of Baghdad and 60 million leaps of faith. That's wild. <laughs> but yeah, Assassin's Creed Mirage is out now. And then our final gaming news is in regards to Bobby Kotick, head, current head of Activision Blizzard King. Uh, apparently he had an all-hands meeting this week. Uh, this is via Windows Central. The amazing Jez Corden wrote this. But uh, Bobby Kotick brought out James Corden, of all people. So, <laughs> that's funny, James Corden. So he fielded questions from staff. Um, the deal should close within the next uh, few days. And I, I guess it is expected to close, like I said, Friday. So it looks like, though, he talked about Neuralink, which is Elon Musk's like brain-implanted technology. But, of all things, Guitar Hero was name-checked. Meaning, it's possible that, you know, Guitar Hero could come back. Honestly, that's one franchise I would love to see come back. I love Guitar Hero. And the most recent Guitar Hero that came out where they kind of changed the guitar design, or Guitar Hero Live, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I previously owned a good portion of Guitar Heroes, and I would very much, like I said, enjoy to have Guitar Hero back. I know they couldn't really bring them backwards compatible due to the, um, you know, due to the, the, the wireless communication protocols. But if there's, like I said, if there's one thing I wish they could bring back, it's Guitar Hero. That is a game franchise I would welcome back Maybe they'll make, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 or 3 and 4 remastered, remake, whatever you want to call it. I just hope they don't just dump all their money still into Call of Duty with Microsoft taking over. But that's it for gaming news. Let's uh, head on up to 5 up to Hollywood and see what's going on, shall we? All right, 
a lot of stuff going on up in Hollywood this week. A lot. And I mean that. So, let's get started with what is going on. Hey, how about this? Not super TV-ish, but Zorro is getting a new comic adaptation from Sean Gordon Murphy, who did the Batman White Knight comics. Those are some of the best comics they've done of Batman, and I'm happy to see what he does with Zorro. So that's just a quick little thing. Apple has shown off its new show being executive produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks called Masters of the Air. Uh, they're calling it the Band of Brothers for Bombers. Um, I mean, it's probably going to be really good, but it's on Apple. Vince Gilligan, the hit showrunner behind Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, says, Do not expect a Walt Jr. spinoff. I don't know how many people are calling for a Walt Jr. spinoff. <laughs> I don't know. Suits has broken an all-time streaming record. And it has been the top streaming show for a 12th week in a row. According to Nielsen Streaming Charts and Deadline, it has now the most weeks at number one than any other show uh, beating out Ozark. And it's done this. So Ozark took its full four, full four seasons to, to reach that record. Suits did it again in 12 consecutive weeks. So that is 2.35 billion viewing minutes in the week ending September 10th. 400 million minutes more than the number two spot, Virgin River, on Netflix, which racked up an impressive 1.9 billion viewing minutes. Netflix also took the top, thir top three spot this week with One Piece generating 1.4 billion viewing minutes. Uh, Disney with number four with The Little Mermaid. Netflix number five with SWAT. Ooh, maybe SWAT can live on on Netflix after season seven. Um, which is very, very interesting. Suits taking the top spot. Um, Matt Shakeman, the director of Marvel's upcoming Fantastic Four, says he hopes to start... Shart. <laughs> Shart. He hopes to start shooting the film this spring, uh, and it will be unlike, quote-unquote, anything you've ever seen Marvel do, whatever that means. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is directing a Frankenstein movie, and it has been announced that Christoph Waltz will be joining the cast of the film, which makes me very excited. Uh, and Guillermo, at a showing of Pacific Rim, was asked several questions. Uh, he did confirm his Star Wars movie would have been about Jabba the Hutt, uh, his rise and fall. Uh, but he actually opened up about Pacific Rim 2 and why he didn't direct it. Uh, in an interview with Collider, he was supposed to direct Pacific Rim Uprising um, until they moved production over to China. And he said this, quote, We were getting ready to do it. It was different from the first, but it had a continuation of many of the things that I was trying to do. Then what happened is, I mean, this is why life's crazy, right? They had to give a deposit for the stages at 5 p.m. or we'd lose stages in Toronto for many months. Uh, so I said, don't forget, we're going to lose the stages. And 5 o'clock came and went, and we lost the stages. They said, well, we can shoot it in China. And I go, what do you mean, we? I've got to do Shape of Water, unquote. So, <laughs> um, I, ah, uh, wow. Um, they didn't make a deposit on the sound stages, 
and that's why Guillermo didn't direct it. That's frustrating. Um, he did open up about the story, so uh, saying that, um, quote, the villain was this tech guy that had inver invented basically sort of the Internet 2.0, and then they realized that all his patents came to him one morning, and so little by little they started putting together this, and they said, oh, he got them from the precursors, the guys that control the kaiju. And then we found out that the precursors are us thousands of years in the future. They're trying to terraform, trying to reharvest the Earth to survive. Wow. And that we were in exo-bio suits that looked alien, but they were not. We were inside, and it was really interesting paradox. Unquote. Oh, that sounds actually better than what the second Pacific Rim was. Um, which, not as good as the first one. Uh, uh, the Exorcist Believer won the weekend with $27.2 million. Paw Patrol 2 took second with 11.7 and saw x took third place uh 99 of the writers guild of america have voted in favor to ratify their new contract which officially officially brings their strike to an end uh, no word yet on the sag after strike they did meet with the studios again today so we'll see what happens there loki has uh brought in a cool 10.10 million viewers on its first episode of its second season below mando season three but disney still says off to a strong start michael mann has announced that heat 2 will be his next movie being the sequel of course to his 90s classic heat starring you know uh, uh de niro and pacino uh, but this movie is based on the book he wrote last year and it will feature, uh, it will act as a prequel and a sequel to the original film. If you are a big fan of Doctor Who, the BBC iPlayer has added over 800 episodes of classic Doctor Who to its service, many of which had not been on streaming before. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld was doing stand-up in Boston, and a fan asked him about the finale, and Jerry Seinfeld teased that he's working on something. Something's cooking. Something's coming. He's got something. He's got a secret. What does this mean? He said there'd never be a reunion. Yes, we got that thing on Curb a decade ago. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take more Seinfeld. If it's an episode or a special, I'll take it. If it's a small revival of several episodes, even better. Even better. Seinfeld is my favorite show. Please give me more. Um... Ridley Scott announced that Apple TV Plus will get a four-hour director's cut of Napoleon after the film releases. Uh, Lionel Messi is getting a cartoon about a child Lionel Messi going into a video game. Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, which is a children's animated program on Disney Plus, uh, set during the era of the High Republic, will start to introduce more High Republic characters from the books. God, don't. Tell me I have to watch this now. Um, uh, it Rumors are swirling about James Gunn's DC projects. Uh, rumors are now swirling that all of the Justice League characters will be recast. Uh, we already have our new Superman and... Um, Corn Sweat is his last name? I forget his first name. Um, who knows? We don't know the veracity of this. 
but also rumors swirling that Jason Momoa is in active talks to portray Lobo now as well in the new DCU. Again, not none of this has been confirmed. James Gunn, who usually is vocal, has yet to respond. Um, Disney's scrapped the Spiderwick Chronicles, which it did finish, uh, will be picked up by Roku. Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are set to star in a Ocean's Eleven prequel film, uh, following their great chemistry in Barbie. Uh, Crunchyroll has announced a 24-hour anime channel that will be free, ad-supported, and will be on several free streaming services. Netflix has picked up Star Trek Prodigy after Paramount Plus canceled it, renewed it, and then canceled it. Uh, so season one of Star Trek Prodigy will air this year. Season two expected in 2024, uh, which just shows Netflix's and Paramount and Nickelodeon's increasing partnership. Dan Harmon says he has met with Zack Snyder about a Rick and Morty movie. Snyder is apparently a massive fan of Rick and Morty. Uh, and via The Hollywood Reporter, Dan Harmon said that uh, Zack Snyder called him over to Warner Brothers one day uh, for the potential of adapting the movie. He said, quote, not him saying I get to do it or anything like that. He was totally a super fan and was just like, is there any way I can help get that movie started by using my Snyderness?" Um, so the Rick and Morty movie is coming as soon as Zack Snyder gets back from his vacation because I want to start with a Snyder cut of that movie and then I want to do the director's cut of a Snyder cut release so we can just have a six-hour Rick and Morty movie and three hours of it is in black and white. Um, unquote. That's funny. Dan Harmon's funny. But uh, he did also say, quote, um, maybe time to get the ball rolling, but a super badass episode of Rick and Morty. He said also said, quote, my philosophy would be to just take a Rick and Morty adventure and spend a bunch of extra money on it and make it 90 minutes long, unquote. He is, he is potentially serious about it. Season 7, of course, does premiere this weekend on Adult Swim. Um... Netflix has announced it's shutting down two movies as it as it massive layoffs hit its uh, uh, animation division. So it looks like big cutbacks are hitting. So Variety has reported that uh, Escape from Beverly Hills, which was previously unannounced, has been is being shopped on the open market to other studios, and Tunga, a film based on Zimbabwe's Shona culture has been um, returning to development. It looks like Netflix is downsizing its animation division uh, and still committed to what they call a quote-unquote robust slate, but it just looks like layoffs and things like that um, or send work to external producers, not done internally. So we'll see what happens there. And then I got two big... Stories here. Uh, Jason Momoa was apparently problematic on the set of Aquaman 2. Uh, in a Variety report, it looks like Amber Heard... So Jason Momoa apparently tried to get Amber Heard fired from the movie. I mean, he wasn't the only one. <laughs> um, so on the same day that the trailer dropped, this all this information was found via Redditors who paid for the... Um, court documents to be released to them. 
So, I guess there were notes and descriptions scribbled on a legal pad by Amber Heard's therapist saying that Momoa would come to set drunk. He would dress as Johnny Depp and harass her in some ways. I don't know know what the level of harassment, because I feel like a lot of people would step in at that point. A report also says that she was almost fired as Mira after the release of the first film, but not because of the uh, Johnny Depp drama. Um, It was mainly because of her lack of chemistry with Momoa, which I think everyone noticed. Um, I guess she was not fired because of Elon Musk. They were dating, I think, at the time. Um, Elon apparently sent what is called a, quote, Scorched Earth letter to Warner Brothers threatening to burn the house down, unquote, if they didn't, if they fired her. Wow. Interesting. Um, <laughs> that's wild. I guess James Wan did ostracize Amber Heard on set because of the battle with, De- with Depp. Um, DC spokesperson countermanded those a lot of things are going on with it but (laughs) if jason momoa did that kind of shitty kind of shitty kind of funny but really shitty at the same time all right and final bit of tv news has to do with marvel studios and what they're doing with their television shows so it's being reported by the hollywood reporter that daredevil born again has been put on hold pending what they're calling a quote-unquote creative reboot I guess that uh, it says, quote, sources say that writers Corman and Ord crafted a legal procedural that did not resemble the Netflix version known for its action and violence. Cox didn't even show up in costume until the fourth episode. Marvel, after greenlighting the concept, found itself needing to rethink the original intention of the show, unquote. So following that, we learned that the entire writing staff has been fired or let go. Um, and also all the directors of any upcoming re- episodes. It will be going undergoing a creative reboot and essentially starting over as they look for new writers and directors for the project. Um, it also says, quote, The Daredevil revamp is the latest in a series of growing pains for Marvel Television. Since debuting the Emmy-winning WandaVision in January 2021, the studio, which dominated the film industry in the 2010s, has released more than 50 hours of TV programming after creating a small screen division from the ground up during the pandemic, unquote. So I guess they've been uh, just filming these $150 million plus TV shows on the fly. Um, They (laughs) just Marvel doesn't uh, commission pilot episodes. They just green light based on merits. Uh, They don't hire showrunners. Uh, depend on film executives to run the series like they do for movies and would use post-production and reshoots to fix what wasn't working. Um, These are all quotes from the Hollywood Reporter article. Uh, But I think given what happened with the strike, I think they're revamping it too. I think that's part of it. Um, It looks like they're going to fix everything. Um, It says, quote, we're trying to marry the Marvel culture with traditional television culture. Um, It comes down to how can we tell stories in television that honor what's so great about the source material, unquote. 
And that is from Marvel's head of streaming, television, and animation, Brad Winderbaum. I guess Marvel is trying to right the ship, quote-unquote. That's from the article about what they're doing with Daredevil. Um, due to its very high expectations, um, they are going to keep some of the footage. And Corman and Ord will be credited as executive producers on the two-season show. So we'll keep the two seasons. Um, but there's going to be, they have to sort out some things. Remember, the show is supposed to air sometime next year. Uh, it says, quote, TV is a writer-driven medium. Marvel is a Marvel-driven medium, unquote. Um, Stephen DeKnight, who did the Netflix show, sent, lent his support out. But like I said, this is Marvel's doing this across the board as well, not just Daredevil. Looks like they're going to focus on hiring showrunners, um, having someone take creative reins from the start from start to finish. Uh, it also said, uh, Winderbaum also is quoted as saying, quote, it's a term we've not only grown comfortable with, but also learned to embrace. We need executives that are dedicated to this medium that are going to focus on streaming, focus on television, because they are two different forms, unquote. Uh, we don't know how it will fix Daredevil. They're going to start... We also learned... Um, I guess... Uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio has come out and said, quote, Every cool project I've been involved with has evolved constantly during pre-production, production, and post. It's just reported on these days as if it's big news. It's not. It's simple. A bunch of creatives doing their best to get it right... It's a constant in this business. I wouldn't have it any other way. Frankly, I'd be worried if we were setting, settling for less, unquote. That's what he said on Twitter. Uh, we've also learned that it looks like they're going to start focusing on traditional television series, multi-season series, and not just limited series as they reshuffle and redo their entire TV uh, streaming outlook. I also wonder how this will affect other shows currently in production, other shows they've announced, and how it will affect those shows, like I said, those shows moving forward, how it will affect their outlook uh, in terms of how it affects movies and things like that. I know they kind of avoided it because they wanted things to tie in with the movies, which is one of the reasons, like, you know, Kevin Feige didn't like what Perlmutter was doing with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Inhuman show and stuff, but... Turns out you can't just throw $150 million and film it like a movie every time. So that is it for our TV and movie news. And uh, yes, Loki started. I did like the second episode. I think I'm going to wait a little bit before I talk about uh, how it goes because the first episode is more of a setup more than anything. Uh, but let's talk about 90s movies. That's right, we finished the 80s. We're going into a new decade, folks. Alright, so we finished the 80s. The 90s I've seen way more movies than I did in the 80s, like by a lot. I'm talking about, let, let me see if I got a 47, uh, so we're talking about 45, no, 
44 rows. I'm, I'm looking at an Excel. Yes, I put them in an Excel spreadsheet. 44 times, uh, let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 44 times eight. What is that? I don't even know. I'm terrible at math. You know, I have a history degree. Um, so that's 352 plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So about 306. What the uh, Jesus? See, this is this is why I can't do math. Plus 365 movies, one movie for every day of the year, technically. I've seen that many movies in the night from the 90s, right? So I'm doing a little differently. I've, I've added a few more categories. We're not just doing horror, comedy, teen, action, drama, animated, family, sci-fi. We've added rom-com. We've added dramedy, a drama comedy type deal. I don't, I don't know how you fully explain that. And I've also added 90s action comedy. Because the amount of comedy movies I've seen is outrageous. And it, it would have been too hard to narrow down. I'm also doing a list of 1991 movies only, given that's uh, my birth year. So we'll do that in a little bit. I wanted to start off with 90s action comedy. Um, and there's some movies on here that would blend across several different genres. And I get it, right? It, it, that's all, all movies kind of blend across genres, right? But anyway... We're going to do the action comedies of the 90s. All right, number 10. This movie holds a special place in my heart. Operation Dumbo Drop, released July 28, 1995. Ray Liotta, Donald, or Danny Glover, tells the story of soldiers in Vietnam that have to bring a Dumbo to a special village. <laughs> Shenanigans ensue, because of course it's an elephant that you want to drop out of a plane. I love this movie. In so many ways. It's so fun. It's great for the whole family as well. Number nine. Almost Heroes. Released May 29th, 1998. One of Chris Farley's last movies. And uh, it also stars Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. Are like analogous to Lewis and Clark. And they're also going on an adventure across the Louisiana Purchase. And the best part is... They, uh, they also have like a Native American counterpart. They Chris Farley plays Bar Bartholomew Hunt. Matthew Perry is Leslie Edwards. Eugene Levy's in it. There's Bokeem Woodbine's in it. There are so many good people in this movie, and it's so funny. I know it got like bad reviews on release. I very much enjoy it. Unfortunately. It is one of Chris Farley's last movies, but his his energy in it, it is is so, it's so good. Um, it technically it it was a movie that came out after. Actually, it is technically his last movie. It came out after he died. Um, it is such a good movie. Chris Farley ruled the nineties. Um, I. Just, I love this movie because of how funny it is. And I like I said, I know people don't like it, but I very much enjoy it. And I, I think it's definitely worth a watch um, if you haven't seen it because it's, it's fun. It is funny and it's fun. 
uh, at number eight, and I thought I would have this higher on this list, Wild Wild West, released June 30th, 1999, Will Smith and uh, uh, Kevin Klein, based on the old television show, taken on Arliss Loveless, directed by Barry Sonnefeld, who also did, you know, Men in Black, Adam's Family Movies, Again, a movie that I know doesn't have great reviews, but it is a movie that I very much enjoy. Hell, even Kenneth Branagh is in this movie. Selma Hayek, Ted Levine. There's so many good movie, good actors in this movie. It is, <laughs> it is ridiculous, is what it is. Though it, it, <laughs> there's so much fun in this movie. Especially, especially the um, the robot, you know, the robot spider at the end, which comes completely out of left field. But I will watch this movie when it's ever on TV. Kevin Klein is great. The the I think the chemistry between them is is better than I think other people give it credit for. But Wild Wild West, great movie. And number seven. Last Action Hero, released June 18th, 1993. A great movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He essentially is plays like a version of himself that comes out of a movie. Uh, and going around L.A., a lot of great actors, a lot of great... It, it's also like a commentary on action movies, and it's fun. It's really fun. Arnold at his one of his top-tier performances, if you ask me. It is a fun movie. It's fun to watch. If you haven't seen it, but it's also a very, very, very 90s movie. At number six, I got Blue Streak, released September 17th, 1999, starring Martin Lawrence as a jewel thief. Uh, he gets out of prison only to find his jewel that he stole is stuck in LAPD's new headquarters, so he pretends to be a cop and everything that goes with it. Dave Chappelle is in it and hilarious. Luke Wilson is great. And... Great chase scene and fight scene at the border at the end of the movie. If you have not seen Blue Streak, do yourself a favor and go watch it. At number five, and this is a great Tim Burton movie, Mars Attacks, released December 13th, 1996. It's crazy to think this was a fucking Christmas movie. And when I tell you this movie has a stacked cast, I'm not kidding. It has a stacked cast. It's got Matthew Broderick. It's got Sarah Jessica Parker. It's got Jack Nicholson and Pierce Brosnan and um, um, Natalie Portman. It's even got Glenn Close. Like, this movie is stacked. Uh, Danny DeVito's in it. Martin Short. Michael J. F oh, it's Michael J. Fox. I don't know why I said Matthew Broderick. Tom Jones is in it. Uh, Jim Brown, Lisa Marie... Like I said, this movie is full of people. Pam Greer, Jack Black, Ray J. Uh, like, Christina Applegate is in it. This movie is full of famous people. Um, and it's funny. It is hilarious. Honestly, if you guys have never seen this movie, you're, you're kind of like missing out on a lot of just fun craziness um it it's it's a movie that 
it it's and it's prime it's prime Tim Burton as well. Like it it's if you you wouldn't be shocked to like be to compare it to other Tim Burton movies. Like it's it's perfect Tim Burton. And again, it's like a satire as well, but it's also like an action comedy. At number four, and you guys might be surprised at how low this is, The Mummy, released May 7th, 1999. Of course, starring our boy Brendan Fraser, telling the story of Rick O'Connell, a great American, fighting off Emotep. Hey, Benny, you're on the wrong side of the river. I really love The Mummy, and I wish they would go back and maybe make a fourth one if Brendan Fraser was down because the Tom Cruise one was such a letdown. Um, I, I, there's an, I don't really need to describe The Mummy. I think most of you have seen it, I would assume. It's such a great movie. You really should watch it if you haven't. It's a fun... It reminds me of old serial like action movies, uh, adventure films. It, it fits right in with that, and it's, it's perfect. And the score is so good. It reminds me of like Ben-Hur... Um, or Lawrence of Arabia, it's got that similar kind of vibe in the music. At number three, and it's because this movie holds a, a special place in my heart, um, number three is Lethal Weapon 4. And yes, I know it's not the best of of the Lethal Weapon movies. It is the first one that I saw. But it is... a. a, a like I said, it's a movie that I very, very much enjoy. And I do hope Lethal Finale is still made. Because um, for a while, Lethal Weapon 4 was technically the last one. So, I, I do, like I said, I do hope it gets made. I very much enjoyed the fourth movie. It is funny. I know it's it's technically the lowest rated of, of all of them. And it, it makes sense, right? Because it's it's so out there compared to the rest but it it is something i do think if you do like um if you do like the other film the first movie you, you pr you'll probably like the fourth one uh, jet lee is in it in his first american film of course it brings back the cast of mel gibson danny glover joe pesci renee russo chris rock is actually in it um it it kind of tells the story of like this Chinese family they rescue and help. It is funny, it is full of action, it is serious, it is typical lethal weapon. But again, it, it holds a special place in my heart compared to some of the other ones and some of the other movies that you would count as an action comedy in the 90s. At number two, and it was a hard thing putting this at number two, it is one of the last movies released in the 90s uh, Galaxy Quest, released December 25th, 1999, a Christmas Day movie. Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, um, Tony Shalhoub. It is a sci-fi action comedy. Tells the story of like a series that's like Star Trek, and the actors get brought up into space because these aliens watched it and thought it was real, and they built the ship. Honestly... It sucks that Alan Rickman passed because I know they were going to do a continuation series. This is a movie, again, that if you've never seen Galaxy Quest, you need to go and watch it like right now. I want you to put me on pause 
and go watch Galaxy Quest because it's that good of a movie. And like I said, Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman all play perfect, perfect characters. Sam Rockwell is in it. Uh, Missy, uh, 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 Justin Long is in it in a great, great, um, great role. It, it's, it's, hell, even Rain Wilson and, and, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sheldon. I can't think of his name. He's in it. They're all in it as, as, as characters. And they're, like I said, they were going to do a sequel series. Ultimately, they couldn't because Alan Rickman died. Uh, it, it fits like a Star Trek film. Uh, it, it reminds a lot of people on what would go on to be with, like, um, the Orville. It is a amazing parody film and sci-fi action comedy film in its own right as well. And like I said, if you haven't seen it, I want you to stop right now and go watch it right now. Even Patrick Stewart thinks it is um, amazing. Jonathan Frakes loves it. Shatner loves it. Will Wheaton loves it. Like half of these, um, half of the actors of Star Trek love the movie because they, they realize what it is. That's why you need to go see Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. And by Grabthar's hammer, I command you to go watch this movie. And, and really, there's no question at what number one is. Rush Hour, released September 18th, 1998. <laughs> Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. Uh, are, like, who are we kidding? Again, no question at what movie would be number one. Like... <laughs> I, I really don't need much to say about this movie because I know all y'all have seen it. I know y'all have seen Rush Hour 2 as well. Rush Hour is a hilarious movie. It is so fun. Yes, there's stuff that maybe might not fly in today's world, but it's still such a good movie, and it's hilarious, and the jokes are amazing, and it it's... It, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are like perfect together. It it's 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 so so good. I don't understand how people would not like this movie. It, you're taking the words right out of my mouth. It, it is so good. It is so good. I I really like. I said here's another movie. If you've never seen it, I don't know what you're doing because you're missing out. On one of the greatest comedy movies ever released. So that is it for my 1990s action comedy. We're going to continue on with the 90s for quite a while. Uh, for the next several weeks realistically. So make sure you guys tune in week in week out. Uh, as always don't forget to check out the website. Follow us on social media. Uh, we're on TikTok. Well, I'm on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I want you guys to, to follow us all there. Like, share, subscribe, however you guys want to want to do that. Um, it, it is a fun time week in, week out. I mean, hey, that's why you're listening, right? So thank you guys again for listening week in, week out. I will catch you guys on the flip side.
This has been a production of Nixoner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you.